fact, somebody said the other day, uh, amortization was communist, right. mm-hmm. and um, that perked my ears up because I'm automatic. That's I'm a, you know, I, I thought I knew what it meant, but when when uh, Councilwoman uh, Wilson said that, I was mm. like, mm-hmm. hmm, what does that mean? So. Whoever wants to feel that question, please, uh, please, Natalie or Adam, just let us know. What do y'all think? What is what is amortization, and is it communist, and is it not? Let's get that out the way. Well, first of all, I'll let Adam discuss the term, uh, the definition of amortization. Um, but I think it's important to understand um, where all of this came from, right? How did we get to where we were in the meeting with city council person, right? All right, Lubbock, once again, the Southwest Digest crew coming to you. Well, it's not live, pre-recorded, but still direct from the Patterson Library over here at uh, in Parkway. Uh, today, we're still in studio with Adam Pirtle from the uh, Legal Aid of Northwest Texas. We also have Natalie Miller uh, in studio with us, in library with us, and she is a community actionist, not an activist, but an actionist. I like that distinction. I'm going to have you talk a little bit about that, Natalie. And also, um, I got a lawyer sitting right here, so I better say full disclosure, <laughs> Natalie is my sister-in-law, and of course, y'all know Ray is my brother. So just so, just so everybody knows what's going on. Um, but we're, we're having a very interesting discussion today. We're going to be talking about uh, zoning laws in Lubbock, some of the zoning uh, issues that we've been seeing, hopefully get into this whole amortization thing, get a little brief explanation of what that is, uh, layman's explanation. And, uh, man, we're going to get deep into it and pull no punches. You know, we like stats and facts. Yeah, so. I, I think initially we should start with the definition of amortization. And then go into it because for some reason, people don't know what amortization is. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, somebody said the other day, uh, amortization was communist, right. mm-hmm. and um, that perked my ears up because I'm automatic. That's I'm a, you know I, I thought I knew what it meant, but when when uh, Councilwoman uh, Wilson said that, I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, what does that mean? So. Whoever wants to feel that question, please, uh, please, Natalie or Adam, just let us know. What do y'all think? What is what is amortization, and is it communist, and is it not? Let's get that out the way. Well, first of all, I'll let Adam discuss the term, uh, the definition of amortization. Um, but I think it's important to understand um, where all of this came from, right? How did we get to where we were in the meeting with city council person, right? Um, and what a lot of people don't know, first of all, um, a lot of the organization that I've been a part of came out of necessity, out of frustration. Um, and so going back to 2019, when we were talking about zoning um, in Lubbock, um, and the, the most, um, the biggest issues with zoning was in North and East Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in 20, 2019, we were um, discussing um, the UDC. Um, uh, it was 2040 you can, plan. You can bring your mic and on. So a lot of things to the left, to, to yeah, and then face. A lot of yeah, there you go. Uh, frustrated um, community members were partaking in a lot of meetings, and we were basically saying there are some issues that we're having in our community, and we need the city council to address because zoning is one of those things that council has the power to change, mm-hmm. um, and so going to several meetings, discussing that with several uh, folks in North and East Lubbock, 
Um, and so before we can get to amortization, we need to talk about things such as downzoning and rezoning because amortization is, while it is a tool, it's one of kind of like a finite tool that can be used to get to some of these solutions. And these are solutions that we can actually um, fix. These are fixable issues, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right. And, and be cognizant of concentrating your voice on that mic. Yeah. You can okay. look at me a little bit, but it really, okay. yeah, yeah, really we're trying to make sure that mic is picking you up real right. good. Um, and so when we started, uh, it was just individuals going to the, the city right. council meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and then we were part of um, Texas Housers, which was the Fellows, which was a, a new group. So there was a lot of uh, community activists at that time. Um, myself, Adriana, um, there, Edwards, um, there was um, Jafar. Um, so there was a lot of us who were very active in um, bringing this issue uh, that was been issues years before we even got involved, but bringing it to the forefront to city council. Mm -hmm. So basically the issue is, can we fix the zoning in East Lubbock to where there's less or no industrial, what is it, are y'all striving for no new industrial stuff or to rezone the old stuff or what? Both. And so, uh, so let's, let's. Uh, and the reason I'm going through this is because I want, there was a lot of misunderstanding. While they were saying there was some misinformation, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding as to what we're asking for and why we're asking it. And a lot of times that misunderstanding is from, from people who do not live in our community. So mm -hmm. they can't understand it because they're not the ones who are dealing with this in a day in and day out um, situation, right? And so when we talk about the industrial, the, the industries that are in community, so just to give a, uh, an example, um, if you are Mr. Cotton Meal business, right? That's your business. And you are in a neighborhood full of homes, children, playgrounds, and things like that. It, and that's mixed, it's mixed, right? So you have industrial, which is zoned M1 or M2, next to something that's residential, which is your home. Common sense would say that those two things don't go together, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know that with those type of industries, you have pollution. You have um, the property value tends to be a lot lower, right? Because a lot of people don't want to live next to or build next to that, that type of infrastructure. Um, and so that's the number one issue is having those two mixed things next to communities for health and wellness. And the city council, their number one um, uh thing is to make sure that they're protecting the health and welfare of the citizens, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so again, going back to, and I'm, I'm gonna jump back and forth because I wanted to, I wanna make a, a very clear distinction of what was misunderstood. And I think that a lot of what they were saying, when I say they, I mean a councilwoman from District 1 and District 5, when they were mentioning business. Um, and so business, in business, a lot of the businesses that are in our communities, they don't live in our communities. And that's and these things that we're asking to put into play doesn't take away from jobs and things like that. There's an understanding and going back to what the difference between um, those industrial um, areas or, or places and our homes, right? Mm -hmm. So if you you're Mr. Cotton Mill, right? And so the city says we're going to downzone that area because it just makes perfect sense to have that area as commercial use or residential because those can mix, those can go together better than something that's industrial, right? So now that, that industry is now what's called non-conforming, meaning that they can still operate, it's down zone to commercial, they can still operate their business. Mr. Cotton Mill, you can still operate your business, you still have your employees, you just cannot expand, you cannot grow anymore, right? Because now 
it's, you can't, there's no change in that. Now, where amortization comes in, and, and there's a, a lot of different factors, there's, there's a whole process where the city gets with folks in, who are um, versed in legal, and, and they go in and, and look at their business and say, okay, this is what it would take, and how long it would take for you to recoup your profit, right? And that can be anywhere from 20 years plus, right? So it's not an overnight situation, right? Um, and so, and that's really a tool that helps the business um, because then the business is not taking on that financial debt on its own. The city is, there's people that come in and say, okay, you have this amount of time, you're gonna recoup all of your profit, and then you're gonna, you're no longer gonna be in that area. That doesn't mean you can't go to another area, you just won't be in that area, why? Because it's now non-conforming, and it is rezoned to something that's conforming and beneficial to the citizens, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. health-wise. So again, amortization is a tool that's used to protect the citizens. Um, and so I think that's the misunderstanding where, where city councilman, woman one and two were saying, um, I'm for business. I'm, you know, I'm not against mm -hmm. um, taking away jobs or right. things like that. But the thing is, if the citizens are not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So in your harm, and there's more harm than, than good, it will, and you were put into place to protect these people, wouldn't you want to at least study? And that's going back to, and maybe I'm going too far into maybe some of the questions, um, but when it was brought on to city council, that was a very su a, a surprise, mm -hmm. right? Um, there was a lot of communication from 2019 when I got involved, um, and again, the organizations that were brought into place were, were, were created out of necessity. Um, I'm one of the first founders when we created Love a Compact, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that was, again, something that was created out of necessity. Um, North and East Love a Coalition. Again, we're going back to these to citizens who were frustrated and going to the city council, asking and saying, this is what we need in our community. These are the ways in which we can help. And it wasn't a matter of misinformation because we went through the research. We've discussed this with people who, that's their profession. So we got the information that we needed to bring forth to them to discuss those needs, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, and again, going back to uh, even having a, a verbal conversation over the phone with the prior mayor on the phone with the professor of Dallas, because one of the questions was, well, can you give us, us an example of a city where this has been done, which we did, we gave him, the example of of Dallas, right, mm -hmm. where they have uh, amortization ordinance on the books. So, to say that there was no information was not uh, necessarily truthful, mm -hmm. uh, because again, we have been dealing with this myself specifically since 2019. Right. So, I want to. Question and they'll uh, go into, uh, I don't know if it's pushing back, but I want to, because the way you described it, I do see, um, I think uh, Councilwoman Wilson just said, she said communism, she threw out the scare term there, but it does sound a little bit as though it limits the property right of the business owner, um, and in that sense, it does seem like well, it'd be con could be construed as being some kind of socialistic thing because somebody else is coming in post after you've already done something and said, all right, now you're done with it. You can go. It's, and you're like, well, this is my property. I own it. I can. If I, if I could push back on that, yeah, I think please. that it's, it's rooted in common law. Mm -hmm. um, zoning is rooted in common law because, you know, way back in the day, if you're a property owner, mm -hmm. you live next to another property owner and that other property owner starts doing right. something on the property that's bothering you. Right. You would go into court and sue that person under nuisance right. law. Yep. And so zoning was a way f to 
keep things out of court and to cr- create cities in more orderly fashion so you have houses here you have the factories way over here so that you don't have them together creating problems mm-hmm. fighting up against each other mm-hmm. so it's it's not it's I, I think it's very far from communism because you're dealing with two different people's property rights mm-hmm. people that live in north and east lubbock own homes there have just as much a valid property right to mm-hmm. live and enjoy their homes and be able to go out into the front yard mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. be able to do barbecue in the backyard without smelling right. a facility right. like the, the the challenge is finding how to make these mm-hmm. things work together and that's what amortization is about um i should also say that the there's a new process that the state created this last legislative session. They passed a, it's called Senate Bill 929. And basically, basically that lays out how cities can do this process. So now a city can still rezone. Um, let's say we got Mr. Concrete Batch Blind here. He built lawfully on um, industrial zoning. But like Natalie said, the city decided, you know, we really shouldn't have this industrial zoning right next to the neighborhood because the concrete batch plant, the trucks are coming in, making mm-hmm. noise. The dust is getting into people's yards. It's a nasty situation. So it should be, let's make it commercial instead, right? So Mr. Concrete Batch Plant is not conforming now or grandfathered in after that rezoning. Under SB 929, the city's going to have to, before they make that change, give Mr. Concrete Batch Plant more notice and Mr. Concrete Batch Plan is going to get to decide whether he is immediately compensated for the loss of use. Hmm. Um, and he can the compensation will have to cover relocation costs and things of that nature. Or he can choose to be amortized. And Natalie uh, explained that process. You know, basically, he can exist as long as it takes for him to recoup the cost associated with relocation profits that sort of stuff so the now the property owner gets to make that choice under that new bill the question that i also have too is from my understanding so everybody knows lubbock was segregated at some point uh, up until probably the 70s really is when it kind of de facto kind of started loosening up however um even bearing in mind that it was segregated um it was People built homes, for example, by the cotton gin because it was by the cotton gin. Is my understanding. People, when Pico, and that's everybody knows who we're talking about, when Pico opened up their business there, the black people that lived over there built homes by it to be close to Pico. But at the same time, that's the only place they could live. Right. That's why I say we know it was segregated, but you could have built it further away from Pico. But they, nobody, in other words, it was a purposeful decision of somebody. Because it was only a certain area. It was certain areas mm-hmm. th- that they were that they could live right so it wasn't even saying pushing back towards this direction mm-hmm. because they couldn't even live in this community mm-hmm. right here mm-hmm. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it was kind of like so in other words their decision was kind of limited it was kind of halfway made for them. basically right you know what i mean right and then when you think about um the means of transportation and moving like it, it would make sense mm-hmm. to actually live where i can get to work and mm-hmm. not have to what, so what, do you think uh, do, do, for Natalie and for Adam, do y'all think that doing this whole amortization thing 
would it discourage businesses from coming to East Lubbock? Because you're setting the precedent that actually, it sounds to me like what we're really saying at the bottom, yeah, I know that you know your rights extend as far as the other person's nose. I'm, of course, that's obvious. But where it sounds like what we're saying at the bottom is, um, after a while, we're gonna decide when you can no longer, when you've made enough money and then that's gotta be it for you. No, so a couple of things, right? And I, and I think we wanna just jump right into you know, is it fair to businesses? And it's important to understand how and why we got to where we are. A lot of the, the, the reason why there's this industry in our communities is based on and rooted in uh, racial practices mm-hmm. that were allowed to continue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, by looking at that, if, we, if we're saying that we are a city that no longer participates in those type of racist practices, then we need to put forth some plans and zoning laws that dictate that, right? That determines that. And we don't we haven't seen that. And going and and again, what was just discussed at City Council is it's not putting anything into plan. It's it's actually researching. And that was right, yeah. you know, which again goes back to that kind of um pushback uh, as to why wouldn't you even want to know more about what you don't mm. know, right? Right. Now, I thought that was that was I thought that was silly for some of the council members to be like, we don't even we're not even no. You, I would like to see a study because that tells that helps you get your mind around what we're actually saying, what's actually going to happen, and the validity of it. Like right. It, does it even make sense to do the study? May say no. It may say yes. We don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. And so even to to have that kind of conversation or to to make those kind of statements. To say that you're already closed-minded just mm. to the study tells you the resistance that we as city uh, citizens have been receiving mm. from specific council That's persons. A, I'm right? glad you said that. That's a great point because right? I, I did raise an eyebrow at that too. Like, is, is that what they call gaslighting? Or no, I think that's what that's what that is. Like, I don't even want to know. But I'm saying to use that terminology, like you say, that's to when somebody hears that to say that's communism. Yeah, I think she. I think. I, I see where she's coming from on that because I'm still not convinced that it's because yeah, because I'm putting myself I'm putting myself in the the shoes of the business owner. Let's say I start a business over here, but it's industry. It's right. not commercial. No, we're not. When I say a business, it could be a cotton gin. If I started a cotton gin over there with the understanding that everything was kosher and cool, and now after the fact. Somebody comes in and says, well, actually, you got 15 more years, bud, and that, that's going to be it for you over here. You're going to have to either move or you, you know, can't I, expand. I you got to go back to 1923. Exactly. Uh, when the city said, this is where black people are going to live. Right. You're not going to live mm-hmm. um, north of 16th or east of Avenue right. C. Right. C is where, the tw- where 27 is now. Right. And so th- the choice was removed. And we're talking about, you know, we were talking about urban renewal just a second ago like mm-hmm. during the 50s the city took a whole bunch of federal money before the fair housing act was passed in 1968 where housing housing discrimination became illegal mm-hmm. um but before that black people hispanic people had trouble finding places to live banks right. wouldn't loan to you if you were trying to move into a white neighborhood there were restrictive covenants where you wouldn't even be able to buy in a white neighborhood right and so like the choice was made Mm-hmm. either through the government or through private means. Mm-hmm. And so the city and all their different land use plans basically were like, well, you know, we're going to build this stuff that we know is ha- potentially hazardous to health. It smells bad. Mm-hmm. We don't want it next to the white mm-hmm. homes. Oh, so see. we're going to surround these black neighborhoods. And it was a tool of it was a tool of racial segregation. And it, I also think it's important to say this isn't just a Lubbock thing. Mm-hmm. This happened all across of the course, country. Yeah. Like, 
Baltimore, Maryland kind of pioneered this thing. That It was a process called expulsive zoning where mm-hmm. they didn't want a black neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. They put industrial zoning around it and make those folks move away or mm-hmm. use it to kind of create that oh, wall oh, of separation. I so I see. I think... I, I think, you know, and we were talking about property preservation in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the folks that got homes during the urban renewal process in the 1950s, 40s are still alive. They're mm-hmm. passing those homes on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also just a question of of uh, neighborhood choice. Like right, every right. neighborhood should have a decision to decide what they want next to them when we saw a little while ago when that student apartment was coming into Tech Terrace, mm-hmm. the developers wanted to build that six-story student apartment on 19th. Right. Woo, those people were mad because mm-hmm. the the Tech students could have been able to peer, you know, look into their backyards. Now, I don't want a Tech student looking into my backyard either. I, I mean, I, I understand that, mm-hmm. but the... I also don't want a concrete batch plant next to my house. Gotcha. You know, and that yeah. seems to be a more. Right. right. You know what? You just put this whole thing into some context that made it click in my mind a little better. So it's it is curtailing the right of the current property owner. But what it's actually aimed at doing is fixing something that never should have been done in the first place. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Creating a fair exactly. zoning system that it, that mm-hmm. put the nail on. the Exactly. Because okay. what, what 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 we're saying or I'm not what I'm saying is is the language that was used mm-hmm. yeah I saw, that's I've on record yeah. it's on record yeah. that they use yeah and it's a circular <laughs> it's so a circular uh, argument too because yes. they said Negroes are dirty Polluting, and yes. uh, so it's deadly to the population the polluting the health and atmosphere right. but it's like what they were referring to is there's no running water there's no plumbing there's no sewage systems like well that's because you didn't install them right so that right. so this is the same thing that we're seeing. So that okay, I think I think I got a better grasp right. on it now. And and to add to that, when it comes to businesses, we want businesses, right? When you look at East Lubbock, we have major corridors. We have MLK, we have Parkway. Those are major corridors to and through Lubbock, the airport, right? So it makes great sense for all of Lubbock for East Lubbock mm-hmm. to be developed, right? Right, it does. Um, and so businesses, you know, you want to be in business to make money. So we want those areas and a lot of and, and just to mention a lot of those areas are not being utilized mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. they're they're zoned industrial and there's nothing operable on it we're saying let's rezone and down zone those down areas zone it too. so no new cotton meal or mm-hmm. can come into our community right mm-hmm. so it's it's those type of conversations that we're like what's the big deal doesn't it make sense so yeah. that's what we've been asking it's the for. type of business right maybe a exactly. call center it's not going to create a whole lot of issues that might be something you want or a restaurant mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, these, these quality of life businesses that bring vibrancy to the community, mm-hmm. small businesses, helping small pe- businesses out. Like mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably pretty Absolutely. good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, and it provides beautification and a, a sort of confidence in a community when mm-hmm. we start to see those types of things. Mm-hmm. So now that I, I for one have a better understanding of it, the next question that goes in my mind is what do you think the actual, odds are of for example tearing down those big old pyramid looking tin rusty tin roof uh, cotton gin type buildings what or or getting rid of those what do you think the actual prospects are of of successfully getting this done lubbock can find ways to do things it wants to do when it wants to yeah that's you know it's it's a question of we can find the money if we if if we want to do it Mm -hmm. so i think the the question is is 
are the, is the leadership going to decide that this is time for a visionary moment? Is it time for justice? Is it time to create, you know, create a fair system? Right. So that's what we're hoping. Is that money? Where does that money come from? Does the company have to put that uh, well, up, or does the, the city aban- for the abandoned properties and stuff like that? Right. If you if you start working at that. Um, you know, there are federal grants. There's something called the Brownfield Program that's run by the Environmental Protection Agency that could deal with certain properties. I mean, if we're talking about economic development, um, LIDA, the Lubbock Economic Development Alliance, mm-hmm. gets an eighth of a penny of our sales tax every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think economic development, removing blighted, uh, blighted properties, definitely falls into the purview of that. I mean, hmm. If you have a blighted property next to you, are you going to create a business there? Oh, well, how, if we remove that and we started providing incentives to developers to redevelop that, put something cool there, that'll bring in new business, that'll bring in new rooftops. You know, I think we need to start thinking creatively about this. Um, there's a whole lot of money on the table through that. There are bond elections that we could have. We can raise the money and find the money to do this stuff. In fact, the 2040 plan, which Natalie was mentioning earlier, one of the recommendations was to do just that. Take these abandoned properties and provide incentives and create strategies to start removing these uh, you know, blighted properties and put something new, something better there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and, and speaking of the 2040 plan, the new um, industry that's coming into our uh, area, that it was actually written that that was going to be rezoned to commercial. Um, and so they kind of went back on their promise uh, to the community for that. But like Adam mentioned, there are ways to do what, what Lubbock wants to do, just like we came up with the million dollars for the pickleball park. Like we can come up with those fundings um, to do the right thing in the community. Mm. And some of this stuff won't cost a dime. How so? You know, I mean, some of we have maps available and I'll I'll give you a flyer afterwards and you can put the links up if you want to. Yeah. um, Where we have looked at all the industrial property in North and East Lubbock and we've looked at stuff that's publicly owned. So it's either owned by the city or the county or LIDA or urban renewal. Um, That's publicly owned land Mm. and it's zoned industrial. So you're not even dealing with somebody else's property you know, private property right. You mm-hmm. could rezone that just through a you know a city-led process. Mm-hmm. Lita, the Lubbock Economic Development Alliance. Um, I don't know if you know where Clayton Carter is, but you know there's some um, industrial land right across the street from that neighborhood that's just being held open for an industrial buyer. Lita is an arm of the city that could be rezoned. There's nothing there right now. Nobody'd be losing anything. Hmm. It wouldn't cost any money. Um, it would, you know, cost the money of paying the planners who are already on our staff, yeah. but it's it's not the same kind of deal yeah, where no, you're having, not, yeah. right? So, and then there's also um, land that the city classifies in its own data as vacant. So mm-hmm. there's not a building there. There's nothing there. It's just vacant property. There's no use that you'd be interfering with. Mm. So you could rezone that through a rezoning process mm-hmm. and. It's, it's low-hanging fruit that right. I hope that that study, you know, takes a close look at that. So have you guys been able to, what you're saying sounds too simple and clean and obvious to be uh, to be contentious. Have y'all been able to speak with anybody uh, of consequence with the city to explain just those type of things? Um, absolutely. So, again, um, we had a personal conversation uh, with 
uh, mayor Dan Pope when right. he was actually the mayor. Right. Um, and so there was a group of us who spoke with him mm. and and explained a couple of things and you know. So this is not a this is not an old conversation, a new conversation. Oh, it's an old conversation. Right, right. So we have, and you're absolutely right. And that's that's our fight. Like, it seems so easy. It's so simple. are they giving y'all reasons why? Uh, well, I think we heard two of them. <laughs> but it's no, that's, not, it's not communist, that makes but, sense. But not can that makes sense. I see. But so it sounds like they don't know what you just explained. Well, and they're they're putting a study together. We're hopeful about that study. I think, but there is a lot of just. Oh, this is crazy, you know. Or it's they think it's too big a problem mm-hmm. to deal with, or you know, uh, I think people are uncomfortable with the race issue, and they mm-hmm. don't like they don't like dealing acknowledging that there was even a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, we and that's a problem with that. by not acknowledging. Yeah, a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't solve it if you yeah, aren't exactly. honest about it. What it is is the the whole race thing. Not to get too deep into my personal views on it, but what it, I think the issue in this situation, consider like if you're building a house, but your, your foundation is weak and crooked. That's what racism did to the foundation of the city mm-hmm. in some ways. It's what it sounded like. This is the feeling, this is the, the analogy that's coming to me. So you've built the whole city on sand. Some parts of it are built on sand. That's racism. It's not a steady, it's not a good foundational substance to build on. And now you're facing the, the problems years later, decades later. Oh, Everything is still shaky yeah. because you built it wrong in the first place. Absolutely. So that's what. Yeah. You and say you're not a minister, but I, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things, um, speaking with folks in different communities, one of the questions, and, and when it comes up, um, because I kind of expect it to come up, they say, mm-hmm. well, uh, just move. Why don't you just move, mm-hmm. right? right? That is a good question. Though, it is a great question. So here's a, here's my answer to that. Um, so it's, it is very insensitive to make that statement, and I'll tell you why. Um, so when my husband and I, when we decided to build our home, we chose to build our home in East Lubbock. Why? Because this is our community, right? Um, our grandparents, have homes here, mm-hmm. our aunts, our friends, our church, the schools that we attended mm-hmm. are here. Um, and so that's our community. And so something uh, where we know that the waste uh, p- um, plant that's being built now, mm-hmm. for me to say to someone when they, the whole, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, if I were to say, move. why don't you why don't just, you just move? move, right? You've, you've planted your roots there. That's mm-hmm. so insensitive, right? Mm-hmm. So the bigger question is, well, let's look at ways to coexist and, and if there's ways to make sure that it's safer and healthier for us as a community, mm-hmm. why not let's explore those things first, right? That's, a, that's, a, that's almost a good place to leave it right there because I'm glad you tackled that question because that's a good question. That's the first question that came to my mind. Why, why just move? Why would you? But, cho- do, but then but again, too, how, do you, how do you move? You know what I mean? Because if you sell your home mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah it's how, you first get, of all. exactly and yeah. then where else are you gonna go mm-hmm. and plant those same roots that you already have you know what i mean yeah, yeah and, you can't and, really and that's what i'm saying like like my wife is saying in this community we grew up here mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i have i have a lot of memories with just things around i can remember this do you remember that do you remember when we were such and such like my elementary, they knocked it down. I don't know what happened to Parkway. Mm. I don't even know why they knocked it down. But and a lot of the schools here in the community are being shut down. But mm. it's still like 
people we're if you're comfortable here where else do i move to feel this same comfortability comfort mm. comfortability comfortability quick things for you <laughs> yes sir. get out of here please do um first thing you know amortization has been used in lubbock before um in the 1970s there are a whole bunch of billboards oh, all yeah. over the city yeah right and so up and down 19th that mm-hmm. was a big deal during the udc because lamar billboard company came in and they wanted to expand where billboards could go right now they're just in the manufacturing areas mm-hmm. um but so they were all over the place in the 70s and lubbock used the amortization process to get those billboards out of places where they didn't want them to be up mm-hmm. and down 19th near tech terrace all those other places mm-hmm. the billboard companies took them to court and that went up into texas state courts mm-hmm. and the court said you know amortization is a valid thing that cities can do to protect the health and safety of their neighborhoods. And so that's old case law that started mm-hmm. here in mm-hmm. Lubbock. Mm-hmm. So I think Lubbock kind of knows that they can use these processes because they've done it before. Mm. And so I, I uh, that's just one key point. Another point, we're talking about amortization and undoing a lot of stuff, and that's a really important conversation. But we also need to think about how we're going to, in the future, make sure that every neighborhood every person has a voice in what goes next to them in the future. And so thinking through those things, I think is another important part of this study and a part of what we're trying to do. Chicago, um, there was a, uh, there's a neighborhood there called Lincoln Park, which yep. is majority white. There mm-hmm. was a facility there called General Iron, which is an iron smelting facility. That facility was going to be relocated out of Lincoln Park, and they were going to put it in a Hispanic neighborhood in the southeast side. And the southeast side said, oh, no, you don't, and um, complained to HUD through a HUD complaint process. Mm-hmm. HUD came in and um, you know, found discrimination. The city stopped the, the permit. They blocked the permit. Mm. But then HUD said, you know, that's not far enough because the same thing could happen tomorrow. Right. Um, and we wouldn't necessarily be here to stop it. So you, Chicago, you're going to have to think through how you're going to stop this in the future, create an environmental justice plan, put together laws and regulations in place, put together committees, expand notification requirements for folks so this won't happen. So that kind of thing, I think, is an important thing to think about as well. It is. It is. Man, I'm glad we had this discussion because and I wonder when you I wonder what was it was it done on purpose? Because when you throw certain words out, Mm -hmm. you cause eyebrows to raise Mm -hmm. and you cause hackles to go up and you cause uh, mental blocks to form um, because I personally am vehemently opposed to any and all forms of communism and socialism and because the reason is is because i understand the history of black people in this country slavery is socialism Mm -hmm. slavery is communism in other words communism socialism are slavery it's the logical extension of what those definitions are if you don't own your body you don't own private property that's your body is the first form of private property your labor is the second if you don't own yourself if you're a slave then you you don't own that. Someone forcibly takes it away from you. So that's why when it comes up, communism, I'm like, oh, whoa, we need to take a, mm-hmm. a very close look at that. Right. But if you've already used some kind of racially um, unfair discriminatory practice to establish something, you can't, again, move forward with building on that shaky foundation. And even though it may be expensive or whatever, you still need to figure out a way to remedy that. 
Right. And it is my hope that in this study that was passed, and I'm mm. grateful to the council persons who did allow that to pass, mm. um, that we come to some solutions, right? Um, because I don't want this to be a fight right. that my children have to fight. Mm -hmm. And by implementing something such as amortization, to have it as a tool that can be used, is saying to, you know, giving hope to the community that, you know, this is not something that will be in your community after 20 years, right now, it's emphatic. Like it can be there when my children's children's children. Well, it's been are there here. the whole time. So I'm, I'm 50. Right, it's been there my whole life. Right. So if our city by adapt ad adopting something such as this is saying we're not the same city that we were before, we're mm -hmm. moving forward, and we're not going to be left behind, mm -hmm. right? So that's my hope. That's my hope too, and uh, thank you, Adam and Natalie, for uh, coming on the show, uh, Southwest Digest, on behalf of my brother Cam Miller and our esteemed uh, audio engineer and sound man and uh, cameraman and director over here, Mr. Nugent. I want to bid y'all two digits and say peace. Thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. Thank God for showing mercy on me. Brought me home to the plains at the age of three. Occasionally, I stray from the nest, but I always come back to the best. LBK, love a T-E-X-A-S.